0: the host of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show and inspirations for your life. everyone it is john c morley serial entrepreneur here and welcome once again to another fine episode of the Moore tech talk show uh lots of great stuff to share with you i can't believe that this is the last friday of july and next week we're going to be in the month of august i don't know where june went when july went or where even the summer's going all right let's get right into some of these great topics that uh I definitely want to share with you so one is that blake uh uh, i'm not sure if you remember blake uh blake blake uh limone and uh he actually he actually was fired from google uh not too long ago because of him making the statement that the ai software is um sentient meaning that it has a soul, it has a life. And um, it's interesting to me that Google actually, you know, didn't really talk to him about this. They just kind of fired him. And um, I have to believe that I think Google might have something to hide. I don't want to say it's sentient, but I do want to believe that it's a lot more powerful than they're letting us on to believe. And I never trust any of these big conglomerations, unfortunately. So um, Lamone being fired um, is really uh, an issue. Uh, but my question is, you know, when he got fired, is, uh, is this ethical? Is, is Lamone uh, being fired ethical? And um, he claims the AI is, uh, is conscious. And he says that that language model has a soul. So Google fired one of its engineers, as we mismentioned, and um, he raised some ethical concerns about the company and how it was testing artificial intelligence chatbots that he believed has achieved consciousness. Hm. The company, of course, denies that a chatbot language model is sentient, and um, you know they put him on a paid leave in June and then they recently just fired him. So he definitely caused a stir amongst the Washington Post and and other media. But I know that Google doesn't like to be in the news and be examined. I mean, we've we've learned this before. When there was a story and you tried to type it in Google, it was nowhere to be found. But you typed it on Yahoo and other engines like Duck, and it magically came up. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Another interesting news to bring up tonight is uh, the U.S. Senate advances chip Funding bill to encourage local semiconductor manufacturers. Now, I think this is really cool. Um, the Senate voted in favor of advancing the Chips bill through uh, bypassing the uh, filibuster stage uh, recently to bolster local semiconductor manufacturing. And the bipartisan bill, um, once it passes the formal vote, will pave the way for providing nearly 280 billion in various incentives. For US based chip manufacturing. Pretty cool. The bill, popularly known as the Chips Plus Package, has three major incentives for chip makers $52 billion of assistance in setting up fabs, uh, fabrication manufacturing facilities, uh, which also includes $2 billion for legacy chip making essential to the auto and defense industry, 25% in tax relief for investment in local conductor manufacturing, and roughly $24 billion and $200 billion grant for uh, the area of the research, uh, arena. So a version of this bill passed the Senate last year, but it was stalled in the house. And now it faces that final hurdle again before the August recess. Hopefully that'll go through. Hopefully that'll help a lot of us. Hopefully that'll relieve some of the issues with chips not being produced in time. I think this will be a very interesting thing to, uh, to watch, but we're going to have to just see, you know, where it goes because, Frankly, um, you know, we really don't know uh, what's going to happen, although it sounds like it could be, you know, a really great thing. um, It might not get through the Senate. It might not get through. And um, it would be a shame because it seems like this is something that really could help boost not only the chip industry, but our economy. And help with delays of cars and things like that where they didn't have chips uh, for smart starts and things like that. So in other news, um, an FBI recent invest investigation determined that Chinese-made Hawaii equipment could disrupt U.S. nuclear arsenals. This is big. On paper, it looked like a fantastic deal in 2017, and the Chinese government was offering to spend $100 million to build an ornate Chinese garden at the National Abortium in Washington, D.C., complete with temples, pavilions, and a 70-foot white pagoda. The project thrilled local officials who hoped it would attract thousands of tourists every single year. But when the U.S. counterintelligence official began digging into the details, they found numerous red flags. The pagoda, they noted, would have been strategically placed on one of the highest points in Washington, D.C., just two miles from the U.S. Capitol, a perfect spot for signals intelligence collection. Multiple sources familiar with the episode told CNN this information. And also uh, alarming was the Chinese officials wanted to build a pagoda with materials shipped to the United States in diplomatic pouches, which U.S. customs officials uh, have bared from examining uh, the sources were saying. So um, I always say you can't trust people outside of our our, our country, unfortunately. So um, I think we have to be careful because something may look good on paper and it might seem like the right thing. However, it might actually hurt us in the long run. So I think we have to be careful about, you know, what's going on in government. Um, where is our world going? And, um, you know, this isn't the first time that the Chinese and other governments have been caught with their hand in a cookie jar. Uh, We know what happened with some of the phones where they got banned from uh, the embassy and other buildings. So this is the same nonsense, just uh, a different flavor is the way I like to put it. And uh, our friends at Microsoft, uh, they're doing something pretty cool. Uh, They are attempting to speed up the Xbox. Now, that's interesting. Microsoft speeding up the Xbox. Now... um, Speeding up the Xbox, um, you know, and the boot time of the Xbox, the latest Xbox insider test builds of Xbox dashboards could boot startup times, reducing it by around five seconds for Xbox Series X and S consoles. And Microsoft uh, was now able to speed up the boot sequence by creating a shorter boot animation. Well, that's always good because I know sometimes they have these long, drawn animations. And people just want to get in and play the stupid game, right? They don't really want to hear and see the... the five-hour animation. It's not five hours, but you get my point. So I think this was a great move uh, by Microsoft that they decided to do this. And uh, people want things to be sleeker, sexier. sexier, They want them to be faster. And uh, Xbox testers noticed a faster boot-up time recently, and Microsoft confirmed the changes uh, recently. Uh, Josh Muncy, director of Xbox Integrated Marketing, says, and I quote, the company created a shorter boot-up animation of just less than four seconds from the original boot-up animation of just less than nine seconds, helping to reduce the overall startup time. So four to five, five to six, six, seven to eight, eight to nine. Five seconds less. That's a lot of time. The changes are not just limited to the Xbox Series X and S consoles, but also the Xbox One generation consoles uh, are booting noticeably faster with these changes. So Xbox owners will... Only benefit from these new changes that make it a lot speedier. And they'll have their console set to energy saver mode instead of standby mode, though. Energy saver mode means that the console fully powers off instead of entering a standby mode. And this means you can't power on the console immediately and start playing. But energy saver is friendlier for electricity bills and the planet. Hmm. Very, very interesting. You know, a lot's coming down to this. The planet, uh, our system, and it's coming down to energy. But you know, speaking about energy, um the data center electricity demands are curtailing the London housing development. What the heck is that all about? Data electricity, data center electricity, the London development. This is interesting because it's a power struggle, right? And um London has this housing crisis, as, as we all know, for those of you that are not familiar with it, and there are plenty of jobs in the capital, but house building has not kept up. And the result is that housing costs have soared with a typical private rented household spending 43% of its income on housing costs. That's absurd. The results in suffering, half the children in private rented accommodations are now unfortunately in poverty. It also fuels homelessness, and the city has 11,000 homeless people on its streets and 60,000 homeless households and temporary accommodation provided by councils, including more than 84,000 of them are children. But data centers are coming before homes. The only way to solve the housing crisis is more homes. So the GLA uh, has a housing plan in which London Mayor proposes some 650,000 homes we built in the capital over the next 10 years. And um, they're emerging that it could derail the plan that the GLA wrote to developers in three London boroughs, jointly responsible for 11% of London's new accommodations, warning them that the house building there will come to a screeching hall with no applications likely to be approved in the next 10 years. Ouch. Now they said they've seen this before, but they saw it before then why are they acting like this? Like, why weren't they prepared about this? I mean, I think that's the that's the question I think that just goes through my mind and really racks my brain. Why are they having such a big uh, problem? I don't know. Definitely uh, something to keep an eye on. But in other uh, tech news, which I'm sure many of you have uh, been following, there have been a lot of new tech uh, innovations uh, that have been coming up the pike. But the name of the game is still security. I and mean, I think that's the way it's always going to be. You know, Are we going to sacrifice convenience to um, have um, stronger security? Might be a good idea because we want convenience and we don't have good security. Well, that could come back to bite us in the rear, right? Could be a serious problem. And Apple and Amazon sales are up. Yeah, they're up again. I I can't figure this out. Despite the rising prices, Amazon has raised the prime subscription price and Apple has been sued over the Apple Pay payment system. this is when i tell you crazy it's crazy and um we're going to have to see what happens and, and where it's going but my question is where is the technology going to lead so what what is new with technology if you had to ask you what is new with technology well there's so many emerging technologies right And with all these next generation technologies that are out there and coming today and tomorrow and in the future, new visions are being formed. The concept of being able to play with data, with your hands, literally in a 3D representation by using your hands to touch and manipulate them, is becoming more and more closer to a reality. Because we're starting to understand how spatial systems work with computers. And we're starting to learn more about projection technology and how we can actually have data appear and use our hands to manipulate that data, whether it be uh, a brand new home that's being constructed, uh, whether it could be music. There's so many different things. But if I had to ask you, where is tech going soon? And I think that's a loaded question. Tech is changing a lot. But what is next? We already saw that the crypto markets have been kind of dropping, and I think they're going to continue to drop. I think we're also going to see that uh, there's still going to be some people in the game that are just not playing fair, Right. And so um, as we think about this, with the House sending the $280 billion chip bill to Biden, uh, and now a new interesting thing, JetBlue is proposing to buy Spirit for $3.8 billion. And here's something I think that's really going to shake you. Meta, Facebook, whatever you want to call them these days, is seeing their first revenue drop. Now that's pretty serious for Facebook because they never usually see a drop. They're always cranking in the dough left and right, right? Everything with with um, technology and Facebook is always better than it could have been. But what's new at TikTok? Well, TikTok has been having lots of issues as we know with security, and they're putting in new technology to combat uh, younger. Um, users from getting into trouble. And I think it's smart what they're doing because I think they're trying to avoid a lawsuit. But the thing about TikTok is that it's very, very different. The platform from TikTok is different. Instagram is different from Facebook. Right? And all these systems, they use algorithms to strategize on the amount of the highest watch time. And then basically the most likes and then the most follows. So it's really shaping and giving our world a big kick in the rear. Because... Trends keep changing on these platforms so very much. People don't know what's next. They they really don't know what's next. I think things are popping so quickly that people, excuse me, had to get some water there are a little bit disoriented as to what's coming next. You know, like the chicken, the egg, the egg, and the chicken. It's really interesting, okay? And then more apps are coming out from other countries. Make sure that if you install an app, you know what it is before you do install it. And there's just lots of issues going on with flexibility and of course ladies and gentlemen security but no one seems to care about this until it directly impacts their life or someone they care about right so we all know that digital innovative uh systems is definitely um I'm going to say uh, creating the runway for artificial intelligence and machine learning technologies and also starting to bridge to support more open platform development. Processors are becoming uh, more robust as now with Intel and the 12th generation processor and now needing more power to crunch with more cores data. Because as we start getting into more AI data, we need a lot bigger, more robust processor. We're trying to make processors that are smaller and robust but not always happening like that. Um, but there are some changes you know in Silicon Valley. lots of changes. Um, tech power is is definitely it's it's definitely moving. Okay. I mean, it is definitely, definitely moving. Uh, Where it's going, nobody really has an exact finite point, right? But we know that data is power and data is control. And that's why it's important to be knowledgeable about who has what data and how they use that data in our lives, right? But, you know, new tech trends and gadgets are popping up all the time. All the time. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino-style games to choose from. You too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sometimes people are slow adopters. They're slow adopters. Imagine now using artificial intelligence to do things like tell you if you've brushed your teeth correctly. That's pretty cool. And this is technology, ladies and gentlemen, that you can buy and have in your home for, we're talking less than $400. So AI technology is starting to become less expensive. However, I'm still concerned about the security of artificial intelligence and, um, you know, big cloud computing. Is it being segmented like it should be? Or is it just getting thrown somewhere and hopefully it's going to get scrambled up there, hopefully. Because when you mix in other people's uh, areas, there's a chance that they could cross-pollute and grab your information which would not be a good thing you know something else that just recently happened uh the big lawsuit uh with it was uh wawa and uh the data breach let's talk a little bit about that so uh consumers were hurt by the wawa uh data breach so we're familiar with that and 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 all the stuff that happened with that but what you may not realize is uh, this was, this what happened uh, back about a year ago. A $63 million settlement has been reached in a class action lawsuit not too long ago about data breaches of the U.S. Office of Personal Management and its security contractor. We saw it with um, Target, and I think it comes down to the fact that the people they're hiring are not the most ethical. Let's face it, they're looking for the cheapest people in the barrel. If they have a brain, if they look like they could probably do something, then suddenly they give them a job or they hire them, but they're not the best. So I think this becomes a big problem. And then, you know, with T-Mobile settling to pay a $350 million dollar um relief to customers in the data breach that happened with them. So it's interesting. They also said that it would spend $150 million next year and in 2023 to fortify its data security and other technologies. Is that hearsay? I don't know. I know that a lot of companies don't spend money on securing their data. I think they should, but I think a lot of them don't because they are, they're cheap. They're really cheap. But another interesting little caveat that happened, if you remember back in January, hackers disrupted the payroll for thousands of employers, including hospitals. And you know which system was affected? Yes, the big one that we all know, Kronos. A month-old ransomware attack caused the administrative chaos for millions of people, including 20,000 public transit workers in New York City, metro area, public service workers in Cleveland, employees of FedEx, Whole Foods, and medical workers across the country, just to name a few. So this was a real, real big problem. And uh, through Ultimate uh, Kronos Group, the company – Makes Kronos says that it expects the system uh, would be back online by the end of January, which obviously it was. It affected employers, and they said that they uh, didn't know for sure when the system would actually be able to access their systems and the correct information. The additional burden won't end once Kronos is back because finance and human resources departments around the country were facing weeks of additional work bringing the manual records they have to collect over a month or more back into the Kronos system. In this most severe case, the backlog could have delayed issues of W-2s and tax information for a long time. I mean, I think we don't realize how much we're affected by something until it either happens to us or someone that we know very closely. Because when we hear about it, oh, that's never going to happen to me. I mean, I'm really secure. So I think the first thing we have to realize as people, I don't care if you're an engineer like myself. You always have to be vigilant because technology is always changing. It's morphing. And if you don't have a policy that keeps adapting to these changes, guess what? You're going to be on the other side of the fence and somebody else is going to be coming in and hacking your data. Now, you might not think that's nice, but it is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. So it's not like you set it and forget it, like you see with some of those microwave ovens or these roasting ovens. You have to keep managing it, maintaining it, updating it, and improving it. That's that's pretty wild. So um, as we said in 2022, the multi-core will be everywhere from wearable systems and smartphones to cameras, games, automobiles, cloud servers, and even exascale supercomputers. So multi-core gives us the ability to process a lot more data and in a much faster manner. So people say to me, John, what is the newest technology in 2022? Well, that's an excellent question. So one, it's RPA, robotic processing automation, edge computing, quantum computing, virtual reality and augmented reality, blockchain, the IoT and other things, 5G and cybersecurity still needs a lot of processing power so what's the next best big thing in 2022 well (laughs) geonomics gene editing synthetic biology they're at the top of 2022 because these advancements can help us modify crops cure and eradicate diseases and develop new vaccines like the COVID-19 shot and other medical and biological breakthroughs, which hopefully we won't need, but it's good to know that we have a system so that we can test them. But I think what's happening in our world is we're starting to appreciate technology and know that it has a lot of benefits to giving us the models for things that we normally would not have the resources and the abilities to design, interact, and practice on, we would not. So, metaverse keeps trying to build things. Other online communities are trying to build things, but where is it all going? You know, somebody said to me, John, is there going to be? A, is, will there be a? Will there be a six G? And the six G research is happening right now but it's in its very early stages and it will likely be another several years before the five G technologies like millimeter wave achieve their full potential because five G is still not where it can be in the most efficient manner. Sixth generation wireless is a successor, obviously to five G cellular technology and six G networks will be able to use higher frequencies than five G networks and provide sustainably higher capacity and much lower latency. Uh, one of the goals of six G internet is to support one microsecond latency communications. That's fast. This is a thousand times faster, or one one thousandth the latency, than one millisecond throughout. That is that's wild. So, what are the advantages of six G versus five G? Well, six G networks will operate by using signals at the higher end of the radio spectrum. A um, little early to approximate the actual data rates of a six G um, signal. Um, but uh there are some suggestions stating that a theoretical peak data rate could be one terabyte per second for wireless data. This may be possible. That's just amazing. So the question I have right now is why do we need to have faster data? Do we really need it? What will 6G be for? Well, threat detection, health monitoring, facial recognition air quality measurements, gas and toxicity sensing, sensor interfaces. So it's great, but do we really need this or can we build technology that doesn't need to make this many calculations per second or microsecond? I mean, I think that's where it comes down to because every time we do software, we have to change the hardware. And so then what is a 7G network? Because people asked about that. And why is that needed? Well, even though 6G is not expected to be operational till 2032, research has started on the seventh generation wireless technology. It'll be the 802.11 BE, a specification for 7G. And the IEEE amended the standard is expected uh, to be in May 2024 for what the specifications for what it will be. Uh, theoretical rates, down, ladies and gentlemen, for this, 46 gigabits per second on 7G three 320 megahertz bandwidth channels and spatial stream streams of up to 16. That's two times faster than the 6G. I mean... You're on track to graduate from a great school, but do you feel unsure of what's next? Top accounting firms want candidates like you with backgrounds outside the industry. Northeastern University's combined MS in accounting plus MBA Will prepare you to launch your career in just 15 months. Develop accounting and business expertise and gain immersive experience through a paid corporate residency. RSVP to a virtual information session at northeastern.edu slash accounting events. That's 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 insane. That's crazy. But the question I want you all to know right now or ask is where is security going in technology because I get asked this question all the time I'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritty of it because that's kind of security (laughs) but what is the future of security technology looking like well it's going to be very dependent on new ways to centralize data and automate operations cloud-based AI powered software, stronger IOT connections are potential keys to being the outskirts of the system. So people say to me, John, what was the biggest cyber threat for 2021? I'll tell you, top cyber threats of 2021 were phishing as it continues to still be a problem, exploitation of remote work, cloud adoption, outspace security, the risk of double extortion ransom, where uh, epidemic of healthcare cyber attacks, a new focus on mobile devices, a more sophisticated cyber threat landscape. And you're gonna hear that a lot more as we roll out because a landscape is not just your backyard. We're talking about the topology of the network. With people, B-Y-O-D, bring your own device, it's becoming ever more popular and important that we understand technology figure out how to block it and how to manage it so we can let the device do what it does without causing a potential security risk that's just wild you'll say me john what is the most expensive security technology today you know and that's a great question it's going to be getting into uh, biometric keypad access, heliports, anti-paparazzi measures, high-end security cameras, right? So people say, John, who has the best security? So, um, I really don't want to mention these names because these companies are not really the, pro- they're the providers. They're not the manufacturers of the devices. So, That's really important. Um, And I'm not going to get into the specialties of certain cameras because I don't want to educate people on that. High-end home security is getting crazier. Uh, Work security is getting crazier because now we need to learn how to manage not just one place, but we've got to learn how to manage entities within that place and how they move. And how we need to be able to shape and change and create patterns based on what we see and what we don't see. And how we choose to flag an alert and how we choose to just ignore something. So what are seven hot cybersecurity trends? Well, that's another great question. Because cybersecurity is definitely always on the rise. Um, Ransomware. Crypto mining, crypto jacking, deep fakes. We've talked about that. Video conferencing attacks. Um, you might have heard things like Zoom bombing. Uh, cold VPNs, which is not as as strong, but very hot as IoT and um, attacks. Supply chain attacks, XDR and passwords is on the cold side. So why are supply chains so important? Because. Hackers feel that if they certain hackers go after the supply chain, they're going to be able to ask for money. They're going to be able to have control because if they want their infrastructure back, they're going to do whatever it is they want. I think that's really pitiful. I think it's terrible. So I always tell people it's important to diversify, but I also think it's important to get technology in the United States. We should not be using technology in other countries. Why? First of all, we should be putting money in our own country, but we don't really know what they're doing with that data. And we actually don't know who else might have access to that data. So the government, the private sectors must work together strategically and in partnership to come up with the best execution for a security plan. And remember, security plan, as we talked about before, they're experts. It's not just having the greatest technology and the best. It's about having the best people that are trained and knowledgeable on the specific policies and procedures to react in a very specific non-threatening but manner to protect and safeguard whoever it is that they're over staff children public etc but what i want to share with you is that cyber information security is always on the rise and you know you might be on um an email and suddenly you get something telling you that Oh, uh AOLs, you know, um we're going to be deleting all your accounts. And don't respond, don't don't click on anything. And if you reply back to them and say, "Oh, good, go do it." You're going to find that email is going to bounce. But when you click on that link which you don't want to do, you're going to be connected over to a server. And this server is going to be able to Deploy an attack on your computer. And then the hackers, the bad guys, get in. All because you think that somebody's after you. And yes, they are. But I want to encourage you not to click on something if you don't know who it's from. And before you click on something, point to it. See, is that domain really the domain, even though it says... Such and such.com, microsoft.com, or yourbank.com. Make sure you point to it. You're going to find that it goes to something totally different and actually has a false page that they have spent hours on to make you believe that it's the real site. You go to that site, you log in. It doesn't work. You try it again. You try it a third time. Now you go call your bank and see what's happening. You've called your bank. Before you've done that, the hacker has now not only got into your account, they might have even changed all your security questions. That becomes a problem. But a lot of banks right now are doing two-factor security authentication. And I recommend, ladies and gentlemen, I know it's a pain. Use two-factor security authentication with every single thing you have. Any kind of account. I don't care if it's your banking account, if it's your e account, um, if it's your iTunes, whatever. Use it for whatever you have. Because no one else can get that message back. The hacker's not going to have your cell phone number. So even if they have your password, they're not getting in your bank account. See, this didn't exist 5, 10, 15 years ago. So now it's a lot harder for the attacker to get in. You just have to make sure that you enable two-factor authentication. If you don't enable two-factor authentication, well, you're just toast. I mean, I just, I want to just tell you that I'm front. I mean, <laughs> And not the good kind of butter, the kind that's burnt. Ladies and gentlemen, I am John C. Morley, Serial Entrepreneur. It's been a privilege, been a pleasure, been an honor to be with you on another J Moore Tech Talk show. This is our last show for July. We'll be back, yes, next week in a brand new month on uh, August 5th with another great show just for you. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, to like, love, and support my content. Tag your friends, colleagues, and associates. Share this out with everyone you know on social media. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, visit all my social media channels at BelieveMeAchieve.com. We're really grateful for your support and for your choice to follow this great content that we put out there to help you become a better version of yourself and help others become better versions of themselves. Have yourself a wonderful, yes, a wonderful rest of your night, rest of your weekend. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to see you next Friday at... Yes, same time, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. See you next time.